Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. I brought with me Chairman Shelby to uh, make a statement about the agreement that's been reached. Uh, let me say, first of all, however, I've noted with great interest the Green New Deal. And we're going to be voting on that in the Senate. We'll give everybody an opportunity to go on record and uh, see how they feel about the Green uh, New Deal. Uh, secondly, with regard to the matter that's before us now, um, I think Chairman Shelby and the Democrats on a bipartisan basis have done a good job. Uh, from a Republican point of view, there is money in there for new barrier fencing, and there is no cap on interior uh, enforcement. It's not everything the President hoped to get, but I think it's a good step in the right direction. Uh, I hope he'll decide to sign it. We're all quite interested in that, as you can imagine. Ah, uh, yes. We're all quite interested in that. Some of us more disappointed than others. But um, as I said in the last couple of days, I am refraining from getting as hysterical as I did when he um, pulled us out of the shutdown. I still believe he should have left us in the shutdown. I don't think it was uh, really affecting anybody. Um, as And I think what it does, every time you shut down the government in that manner. Oh, by the way, happy Wednesday. I forgot. Um, to be polite, it's hump day. And it's uh, midweek through my first week at this new time period. And I'm grateful for those of you who have uh, found me. And I am eager that you tell anyone you know about this so that they too can find me and hopefully um you know people are are becoming a, a little more accustomed to it i i appreciate it you gotta you gotta be quick on your feet you know when you're in this business one day you think you're safe where you are and the next day you find out like not so fast so just adjusting it's been challenging not because I don't get up early. I get up early anyway. I'm, I've actually only had to uh, push it up another 15 minutes. So instead of 5.15, I get up at 5 a.m. Um, and I just have to kind of get things done quickly so that I can get in a quick workout because I failed miserably trying to work out in the afternoon. That's just simply not going to work. So I just, have to, I just have to do everything on the tail end. And what I do do now is a little more prep at night. Not that any of you are interested in this, but I'm, you know, I'm going to share it with you anyway because that's what I do. I tell you everything so that you can't um, pretend that you don't understand the method to my madness. So last night I was really kind of uh, distraught over this um, deal. Not because it's so, you know, impossible for me to understand how the president is still going to get a border wall out of this. It is not. I, I get it. The problem is... Will it be perceived of as weakness? He's obviously going to um, to sign this bill today. He's obviously trying to prevent a government shutdown today. And I think that he is, his expectation is that the, the media will be kinder to him as a result. 
or maybe that's not his expectation. Maybe his expectation is that his fa- his fans, his followers, his uh, constituents that uh, approve of the job he's doing will forgive him because in the final analysis, they will end up with a wall. Now we're talking about um, all these other places you can get money from. You can get it from the Military Construction Fund, from the Army Corps Civil Works Fund, from the Pentagon's Counter-Narcotics Funds, and from forfeiture funds. I love the uh, idea that Ted Cruz had where he said, let's use El Chapo's money. You know, and, and a lot of money was forfeited by El Chapo. So let's take that money and build a border fence. Don't you think that would really tick off uh, the uh, drug cartels? What is the name of that drug cartel? Salia or... Sanoa. Sanoa. Okay. So the Sanoa cartels, how'd you know that so quickly? I told you. I've been reading the whole story before because I was interested in why the jury was taking so long. So then I started reading it. Oh, okay. Again. Right. For like the third or fourth. So why do you think the jury took so long? Fear? I think, yeah. I think, I mean, you would have to have some kind of fear. Like, if I was in that jury, like, right after the first day, I'd be waiting for a knock on my door. Right. Honestly, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be like, first day, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not, I'm yeah. waiting for the knock on the door, see what the offer is. Right. I hate to say it, but yeah. that's the truth. And would you have, um, you know, been a hung jury because you got paid? Depends what they offer, to be honest. Oh I'm being God. honest. I know you are. It's just, if so they got depressing. my kid or something, it's, Oh, not if they have your kid. Well, it depends. Like you I'm said, saying. how much they offered. Well, that's different. Being bribed is different than being rans. You know, uh, blackmailed or well, ran- held for your child held for ransom. What do they usually offer? Either money or or your throat. Yeah. So yeah, yeah not a great option. No, it's not. But I, I, I'm the kind of person who likes to stand on principle, even if it means you know uh, I'm going to be. You. It wouldn't cross your mind a little bit oh it would cross my mind but i have to believe that if we don't stand for um what's right that that the world will significantly be damaged by our actions i don't i don't want to damage the world i've done enough damage i'm not saying i would would but it would uh, it would definitely it. cross the audience my mind. already is thinking hobo's a real mercenary kind of guy no it's it just depends the situation i think everything everything depends the situation how bad it is like if they really got something of you or whatever no. i think anybody's vulnerable well some of us have uh, too much dignity for that but i saw a great piece so uh, you know here's my take on the signing of this border deal which is what we call it it's not a you know it's actually a budget <laughs> um and yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, so it's really hard to to talk about it, but everybody's doing it anyway. What I do know is that uh, he got far less money than he was asking for, and you can't call it a wall. you got to call it a barrier. Like, that makes a difference, you know. I have a barrier around my community, okay? Basically, we have a wall, but whatever, if that's uh, necessary. I, I don't know, though, whether in this bill it says that you get one point whatever billion dollars now and you get two point whatever billion dollars in six months or whatever. I don't know what the uh, follow up is going to be, but I would caution the president and anybody who's listening to the show who has the ear of the president. I would say to him, plenty of promises have been made about a wall in years past and none of those promises have been honored. So get what you can get right at the top and uh, and you'll you'll be satisfied uh, long term. 
taking deals and work trying to work deals with Congress is like trying to hold on to a rope that's been drenched in olive oil. Okay, so good luck with that. On the other hand, um, when you got somebody like Mitch McConnell actually finally willing to say, sign the bill and I'll put the green deal on the floor, he's becoming a bit of a negotiator himself. I, I can't wait to see which members of the Senate, particularly those that are running for the presidency, are going to uh, approve this resolution or bill. I mean, it's it's almost inane. The more I look at it, and now even the more revised versions, it's just crazy stuff. This is like, this is like um, the unicorn bill, you know? Maybe if you wish hard enough, you'll actually uh, turn into a unicorn. I'm not sure, but uh, it's, it's, it's laughable. The other thing is I saw a great piece on uh, our friend uh, Aok, or as Bill uh, in the morning refers to her, Crazy Eyes, um, and she uh, she has moved herself into a luxury apartment in an apartment building near the Navy Yard. Um, isn't that something? You know, a, a woman of the people. But she made sure that she is living in a prestigious community with very high rent um, because, of course, affordable housing is what she's all about. Oh, my goodness. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. You don't have to make up anything. You just report the news and do a little commentary on it, and you're good to go. Piece, uh, I also read a piece that is kind of stunning. Everybody's talking about the fact that um, these high-speed trains that uh, are part of the new Green Deal, that's all she talks about is these high-speed high trains. Um, guess what just happened? I mean, you, you have to pay attention to what's going on. AOC, AOC, the Green New Deal is coming off the tracks because the dopiest part of the plan that was uh, now in the now retracted summary said, let's get rid of airplanes and replace air travel with high-speed trains and uh, building out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel within the continental United States, she didn't mention that, becomes uh, unnecessary because you can take a rail. Okay, well... What did we find out last night? First, it was announced by Governor Gavin Newsom of California in his State of the State address that a planned $77 billion high-speed railway from L.A. to San Francisco has been canceled, saying there simply isn't a path to get from Sacramento to San Diego, let alone from San Francisco to L.A., Let's be real, Newsom said, adding, the current project as planned would cost too much and take too long. Whoa. Then a planned IPO by Virgin Trains USA, that's the bright line, by the way, that would run the high-speed rail from Orlando to Miami, indefinitely postponed. <laughs> Bloomberg News described that Virgin Trains USA as a money-losing Florida railroad running behind schedule on its own projections in its reporting on the IPO's cancellation. The Motley Fool's Eric Volkman had uh, panned the IPO, saying many people would love to see a viable alternative to the car and the airplane. The thing is, though, that passenger rail is a hard endeavor to make viable, hence its frequent subsidization by government bodies. Let me explain something to you. When this whole bright line subject came up and I sat here on the air for weeks and months talking about how it wasn't going to work. You weren't going to have a high speed rail from Orlando to Miami. 
um, because it doesn't even make sense. There's, it's too expensive and costly to build. They were insisting on using track that already existed, which meant it would be going through communities, which meant communities were going to revolt. And more importantly, nobody wants to take it. Uh, the, you know, maybe AOC would take it, but she doesn't have time to go from Miami to Disney World, okay? So forget it. I'm not taking a high-speed train to Orlando, okay? If I'm going to Orlando, I either drive, so I have my car available to me. You do need a car once you're there. Or I take a plane and rent a car. I'm not taking a rail and, uh, you know, and then renting a car. The whole thing is so ridiculous that, uh, you know, it, it sounded ridiculous to me then. And now it's proving to be ridiculous. Sometimes you all just have to listen to me. Craig, both Republicans and Democrats are telling us that they found no direct evidence of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia, which after all was the big question that everyone was asking. But it's also important to note they're not exonerating the president either. What they found is a pattern of contacts between Trump associates and Russians, and Democrats and Republicans disagree about the implications of them. But Senator Richard Burr, the Republican chairman of the committee, has said that he may end up with a report that says, American public, use your judgment about whether this is collusion. Here are the contacts. Here's what happened. We don't have really the evidence to suggest what was going on here. And that's not going to be a very satisfying report, I would submit, for the American public. Another point to make is that once they finish interviewing the witnesses, it'll be another six to seven months before they actually write the thing and send it out for us to see. Six to seven months. That's right. Um, anything in this report about obstruction? No, that, that was not part of their uh, mandate. They uh -oh. only investigated Russian manipulation of the 2016 election and whether the Trump campaign coordinated. And there just apparently is no smoking gun. But, you know, as one Democratic aide said to me, it's not like we ever thought we were going to see a pact in blood between Trump and Vlad saying, hey, let's collude. They never thought they were going to get that. The question is, what will the public make of this pattern of contacts while the Russians were doing nice things for the Trump campaign? Oh, Danny Savalos, nice. no direct they evidence of collusion. No. No direct evidence after two years and interviewing more than 200 witnesses after paying the salaries of a team of crazy but um, Democrat attorneys, they have uncovered no direct evidence of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. That's according to sources on both sides of the aisle. And they were so upset on MSNBC. I thought they were going to start crying. Oh, look, Cory Booker's desperate now. I'll look to women first for a running mate. Why, we, we consider you kind of a woman, um, Cory, the vegan. You hear this now? He doesn't want me to eat meat. Now, I was a vegan once upon a time. I didn't ask everybody else to become a vegan. I did what I felt I wanted to do for whatever reason, health and um, animal love, uh, you know, although people who know me know animal love had nothing to do with it. Um, I just didn't think it was, you know, uh, necessary to eat meat. And plus, I'd watched all these films when I was in high school about how, like, you know, these animals are, like, uh, freaking out and tortured. And so when they finally get slaughtered, their uh, the, the level of histamines in their blood is so high that it makes people angry. And that made sense to me back then. Now it doesn't make so much sense to me. But at the time, I thought, oh, that would explain why everyone is so mean-spirited. Um but for Cory Booker to think that that's a good platform for him to run on, really? Veganism? 
I'm, I'm just trying. I, I know like 10 people in 60 years who were able to adopt a vegan lifestyle. Okay. 10, not, not, not even 12, just 10. Okay. And so that's a platform to run on. Listen, Corey, pick a woman, preferably one who can cook vegan food to run on your, on your, uh, ticket because, um, the only good thing that's going to happen to you as you take on this challenge of running for the nomination is if you have a good running mate who can cook, you'll get to eat some great vegan food. I, I can send you some recipes. I have a vegan cookbook that's, you know, extraordinary. Can you imagine if I go home to my husband today, Bill, and say, Bill, we're going to be vegans from now on. He's going to say, no, we're going to be single from now on. <laughs> Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, sir, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. So if you're elected president and being a member of the group of people who earn over $10 million, what would your proposed tax yeah. plan be? Thank you for the question. Uh, I'm going to try and explain this uh, to you in a very personal way. First off, I should, be, I, I should be paying more taxes. And people who are in the bracket of making millions of dollars or whatever the number might be should be paying more taxes. But we have to go back a year or so. I was very vocally against President Trump's corporate tax break of lowering the corporate tax rate from 35 to 21 percent. I was against it because corporations should not have been given that sweet deal without any incentive to do anything for their employees or the communities they serve. Education, training, whatever. There was a tremendous opportunity for the United States to have comprehensive tax reform. And that would have meant higher, higher rates on individuals like myself. Corporate tax uh, rate of 21% should have never happened. Mm -hmm. And we should have examined how can we create comprehensive tax reform so that we could lower the taxes for the middle class. But the headline is here, I should be paying more taxes and people who make this kind of revenue and of, of means should, make, should pay more taxes. How is Starbucks' considerable reliance on China not a conflict of interest for you? Uh, a very important question. Uh, first off, in the last 20 years, Starbucks has built almost 4,000 stores in China and done it in a very successful way by partnering with the Chinese government, by demonstrating to them American values. As an example, not only have we given health care to our employees in the U.S., we actually gave critical health care to the parents of our employees in China. The first company, uh, not only Chinese company, first company ever to do anything like that, demonstrating America's values and the humanity of our company. What I've said publicly is that if I run for president, there will be no conflict of interest of anything that has to do with Starbucks, and certainly with regard to China. So, so I, I'm running, if I run for president, I'm running not as an independent, I'm running as an American, wrapping myself in the American flag. 
My first order of business is to put the American people first in everything I do, and there will be no conflict of interest in anything I have to do legally to separate myself from my financial interest with regard to China will be completely done. I am not Donald Trump. Uh, last time I checked, Donald Trump was wrapped in the American flag as well and had divested himself of his interest in an empire. So what on earth was uh, Mr. Schultz talking about? Though I'll tell you, I have mixed feelings about Howard Schultz. There are some things that come out of his mouth that just offend me. And then there are some things that I think are, uh, are clearly uh, very libertarian which I have a streak of. I am not a libertarian, but I do have a libertarian streak when it comes to certain things. Um, for instance, I'm one of these people who feel as though adults uh, should be allowed to make mistakes, which means I don't consider uh, some of the behaviors that people do, which I may not agree with, or I may have a philosophical uh, challenge with, or even more importantly, a fundamental, uh, you know, religious uh, objection to. I can separate that from what I think the civic responsibility is of every citizen. We're a country that places individual dignity before most others. Or I think we are the country that affords the most individual dignity to its people. That's what freedom is really all about. You know, being able to determine our futures individually within the parameters of a society that has some rules and regulations. We call them laws, and they're pretty important. People come here from all over the world because they live in lawless places where individuals' freedoms are not safe. They come to the United States of America because for the most part, they can depend on two things. One, that their lives are not going to be micromanaged by a government, although that's beginning to change and not for the better. And two, because there's laws. If someone were to do something egregious to them, there is a way of getting uh, justice uh, we have police officers, we have law enforcement at many, many levels. And up until very recently, not a whole lot of reason to mistrust law enforcement. I'm still pretty convinced that most individuals who decide to make law enforcement their career uh, do it for the right reasons. That doesn't mean everybody does any more than every politician is doing it because they want to love America and put, put America's people first. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that every single uh, police officer or every single member of, uh, you know, the DEA or the FBI or the CIA or any of the other alphabet suit agencies, that every single member is great. But I think for the most part, you don't select that as your way of earning a living unless you have some real uh, love for law and order and your country. Who wants to go out every day, say goodbye to their wife and children and not know if they're coming back, particularly in these times? Another police officer uh, shot yesterday. It, the numbers are staggering how many law enforcement professionals are being shot. This one was in Queens uh, w responding to a, a robbery at a metro store. I believe two police officers were shot and one succumbed to his injuries. These are not jobs that you do to make a big buck. There's not a big buck in it. Nice retirement if you last long enough. 
but the lasting long enough is what I'm talking about. Who knows? Who really knows if you're coming home that afternoon? You don't know, and neither does your family. So, uh, you know, I look at the, um, the current political climate, and I say to myself, the very thing that most of us value, freedom and law and order, these things um, are compromised right now. They're compromised because we have politicians who have decided that they will do anything to destroy the person who was elected to the uh, highest office in the land. They are not, it's not just Trump derangement uh, syndrome. See, it's not about hating Trump. I think it's about hating this country and what it stands for. And that is very disturbing to me because I don't know how you, uh, how you remedy that. You have to uh, embrace the the concept if if you can wrap your mind around this that we're not a good place that we're not good people that we have uh, I- I this uh, bias that we are born with and that we are unable to overcome it whether it's uh, against uh, the other gender whether it's against another race whether it's against another faith apparently um, the, the young people in this country have been completely sold a bill of goods that says the, the inherent American person is bad. How do you love your country if you think people behave badly on purpose? Like I said, I'm all about redemption and forgiveness. I can forgive most things. Not, I'm having a tough time with uh, Elon Omar, though, uh, forgiving her, because I think once an anti-Semite, always an anti-Semite. I don't think that uh, her apology stacked up, and now she's uh, given attitude, you know? She's absolutely not worried about losing committee assignments after coming under fire for anti-Semitic tweets. I mean, she gave an, a, a really icy response in her first on-air comments about the tweets, uh, responding to a reporter's question about whether she regretted her remarks. I've stated all of that in my statement, she responded dismissively, chewing gum as she turned and walked away. Asked by another reporter if she regretted her comments, Omar replied with a condescending tone, I'm pretty sure that was stated in my statement as she stepped into an elevator. When a follow-up question asked if she was surprised by the criticism, Omar said, always surprised. She shot back, absolutely not, when asked if she was concerned about losing committee assignments. I got to tell you, I don't like her. I don't like someone who says it's all about the Benjamins baby or that the Jews have uh, hypnotized people or that APAC is buying off the Congress. It's deeply offensive, not, to, not because of uh, my Jewish heritage, but because it's just deeply offensive. It's not what America is about. And I love the way they keep telling me that Donald Trump is not what America is about and that somehow his anti-Semitism gave rise to her anti-Semitism. Give me a break. What anti-Semitism has the president shown? He's been an ally and a supporter of Israel and the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, thinks he's great. Uh, the people of Israel have, uh, you know, parades in his name. But somehow he is her reason for using these anti-Semitic tropes. And they, they came up with one stupid one last night, which really was so silly that I, I was embarrassed for the anchor. I was watching MSLSD for a few minutes. I like to, 
you know, see what the insanity is over there. And they actually were comparing a comment that that the president had made, um, sort of an admiring comment that he'd made, which uh, they accused him of, you know, of being, uh, you know, anti-Semitic with the comment. It, it's, you know, you, you just got to roll your eyes. There's not much else you can do. And, uh, you know, the final figures are out on the Beto versus Trump rally. They were still arguing about that last night on television. Oh, no, Beto had thousands of people. And, oh, oh no, it wasn't that much of a difference. But apparently, um, it really was a big difference. And uh, I think the media knew that. But they still had to uh, delude the public into thinking that somehow it was closer than it was or better than it was for Beto. Uh, they were wrong. Hours before the rally, lines began to form. In fact, some media personalities said that the, um, that the Beto would outperform the president. They were talking about that crazy Nicole Wallace who they Bush, Bushy, who they think is uh, some kind of how a conservative, asked a panel of other left-wing lunatics on her show Monday morning on, on MSLSD, uh, what happens if Beto gets uh, more of a crowd? I mean, he's over, Trump is overwhelmingly unpopular uh, when you've already been caught lying about the crime numbers and where Beto O'Rourke, he might have a counter. That's what they were saying. So who won the the crowd size battle. Well, according to them, to MSNBC, Trump's rally attracted 18,500 attendees. O'Rourke's rally attracted between 10,000 and maybe uh, 11,000 attendees, which is a sizable crowd, don't get me wrong, but not the same size. Not the same size at all. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. So uh, I love the candidates that have already declared on the Democrat side. Uh, Kamala Harris now is claiming that the U.S. healthcare system is racist against black women. Sometimes I just, I, I, if you could see me now, I am rolling my eyes, okay? Because um, she, she didn't waste any time, right, in playing the race card? <laughs> She's, she was uh, actually pandering to voters during a podcast which is called The Breakfast Club. And the target audience, of course, is urban black Americans. And uh, she is talking on this podcast about a racial bias in the U.S. healthcare delivery system that she wants to make a priority of her administration. Um, she discussed a bill back in 2018 she proposed that would address the high maternal mortality rate of black women. She cited a statistic claiming that black women are dying at three to four times higher rates in connection with childbirth in America. Now, let me just say this. You know, when when my daughter was considering medicine, um, uh, going to medical school, we had a conversation. She had spent two years with uh, Teach for America in rural Mississippi, like the poorest county in America. And she had made notice that there was a different standard um, for medical care 
in uh, historically and and overwhelmingly black communities in Mississippi, which is where she was working. Um, and she said that it, there were a lot of different reasons for this. Um, the primary reason being a lack of understanding, a lack of education about um, what kind of illnesses uh, and what kind of situations uh, could be crises. Um, that's no longer true. Even in the poorest county in Mississippi, Ruleville, Mississippi, it is no longer uh, true that the women there don't understand that they're at, at a higher risk um, in pregnancy if certain things exist pre-delivery. Their lifestyle will affect their health. Obesity, diet quality, exercise habits, these things matter. And they matter particularly in communities, minority communities, that have not been taught the value of those things. And that's just the simple truth. You know, the high um, morbidity rate in or mortality rate in uh, birthing has a lot to do with with the mothers not being properly guided through the pregnancy. It's not that the medical system isn't available to them. It's that they have not been taught some basic lessons, which would make it a whole lot easier on their bodies and on their children um, were they to be educated in this. And how does that begin? Well, it begins with with uh, certainly communities stepping up and improving the quality of of information okay all right anyway we're going to take a break when we come back i'm going to tell you about rats and public defecation